Heinron. And I just got the proper pronunciation of his name, Neil Mack. I, with my German, I was going to say Mach or my Dutch Mach. Yeah. Mack. I love it. Hi, Neil. Hi, yeah. How you doing? All right, Bradley. Lovely to I'm, see you. I'm great. I'm great. We just had a nice chat and, uh, and I got to hit record. And I really want to jump into what we were just talking about. And that was well, you started with the that way back when you didn't need to even take you didn't even need a camera to take a photo. Yeah. And of course, my first thought is, what? 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 <laughs> and and where, where and can you explain? Can you tell that little story again? That... Yeah. Um, when I first became a journalist, we had to do a photography course. And so it was a little short course just to get you involved in photography. And um, the expert said, what do you need to take a good photograph? And people said, oh, we need a Nikon or we need a Canon and we need a dark room yeah. and we need this and we need that. We need Photoshop. And he goes, no, don't need any of that. You don't even need a camera because the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians used to take photographs. And they went, what? And yeah, they did. They laid a leaf, like a maybe a palm leaf or a fishbone onto uh, some fabric and they would let the sun burn that picture into the fabric so they invented photography they took it to quite some extent and they even made even sharper images by putting them inside the pyramid and letting the sun burn even quicker you know so they even learned the idea of shutter control so you don't need a camera to, to take a photograph and you don't need emulsion and you don't need a dark, dark room but i wanted to take that that idea a little bit further and say that what do you need and what don't you need? What is your requirements for writing fiction? And that was what I was yeah. interested in. So taking yeah. that same basic idea, really, really stewing it down. What do you actually need? You don't need expensive applications on your computer. You don't even need a pen and a, a, and writing <laughs> pad. All you need is a great idea and yeah. the ability to tell a story. And I would even go as far as saying you don't even need to write that story down. Just tell it. Yeah. How many people have written their entire fiction just for audio? How many people, yeah. people just started talking their story? Because that's really what humans do. We tell stories to each other all day long. Yeah. So it's not, it shouldn't be that difficult to be able to sit down and say, actually, I'm telling this story today. Why is yeah. that so difficult for people? I think the reason it's difficult is because of their lack of creativity. And I've got a theory on that, if you'd like to know what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking also, because there's people don't talk about speaker's block or storytellers' block. They don't, block. do they? Isn't that right? weird? But they only writer's talk block. about writer's block. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always said to people, um, when they go, oh, I'm going for a terrible, uh, I'm going through some terrible writer's block at the moment. I said, well, that? that's impossible. Nobody can go through writer's block because there's so many words. There's tens of thousands <laughs> of words just in English. No, I've never other, heard that one before. And then there's That's good. In every other subject, every other language, and even when you've gone through all of those words, you can create your own words because yeah. you're allowed to do that. That's yeah. what authors do. So th there's no way that you've got writer's block. What you've got is creativity block. And yeah, I think yeah. that that's a natural thing. I genuinely think it's a natural thing. And my theory is this. I think human brains have been evolved to be non creative so that's a yeah. big step that i want you to think yeah. about because i think the human brain has a great capacity to form and recognize patterns and it works with those patterns to make sense of the universe around it so repetition and routines constitute the bulk of our behavior yeah. and yeah. so those 
activities, repetition and routines, recognizing patterns are the activities that our regular human brain takes the most seriously. And so because we take those the most seriously, then creativity is pushed down. It's it's subordinated. For example, a great example right. of that is that in with um, ordinary academic schooling, you're tested on your learning repetition and routines. Yeah. Exams test your uh, routines and your repetition. Yeah. So if you take that and, even... And how even, do you study? Oh, you need repeat, repeat, repeat. Just learn. repeat, repeat, but yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. how you're tested. So therefore, that's why creativity could also be considered to be insubordinate because you're mm. trying to not remember facts. Mm. You're trying to not remember patterns. So society might oh. view you as being subversive because you're trying to actually, oh. if you like, subvert some of the attitudes of society because that's just a normal thing that a human would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's really exciting. You know, my, both my kids actually right this moment are studying. It's exam week here in, in the Netherlands. Right, yeah, yeah. And they're both studying away. And what are they doing? Repeat, repeat, repeat. Exactly. Learn the same thing over and over and over so that they can regurgitate it for the exam. There was a, a study done by a bloke called George Land and Dr. Beth Jarman in 1968, a long time ago. And they uh, were looking into divergent thinking and in particular into creativity. And they found that um, almost all children aged three to five were remarkably creative. Uh, of everybody they tested, everybody between the age of three and five reached genius level. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the figure dropped to 12%, so from 100% to 12% by the age of 15. Yeah. And they also tested uh, 280,000 adults against exactly the same criteria. Adults were aged 31 across the whole of the United States of America. Only 2% okay. achieved anything on the creativity index. Wow. The conclusion being, therefore, that um, children, once they begin formal education, it's immediately apparent that they start losing their natural creative impulses because it's educated out of us yeah. by society. Yeah. You know, so I've, I just started an improv comedy workshop. I, I'm a student oh, nice. uh, in, in Amsterdam, right? Yeah. And it's, I, I had never heard this definition. So it was our first class last week. And the instructor guy, who's who's been doing this for 32 years, and he just, you can tell, he loves it. It's like he started last week. He's like a kid in the candy store. And he said, and I, I had never heard these definitions. He said, stand-up comedy is, first of all, you're usually just you alone. And it's rehearsed. So you practice, practice, and you've got yeah. your lines, and you've got your story or whatever, and it's all practiced. And you might have slight diversions, but it's all memorized for the most part. Yeah. And he says, and it's, you're alone, right? So an improv comedy or improvisational theater is not rehearsed by definition. You can't rehearse it. Yeah. It's not even like a theme, right? The theme today is, is barbecues. Okay. Well, they might tell you a few minutes or seconds before, but you don't really have any time to, to prepare. And then it's, it's together. Ideally there's two or more. And so, the goal of it is it's a bit like what you're saying. You can't, you cannot practice. You can practice some techniques. Yes. Like the most, most common one is yes. And, Oh, the, the, uh, the barbecue, it looks like it's about to explode. Yes. And 
and you continue on the story yeah yeah in your own way and so there's no like we're talking about exams and we're talking about lack of creativity and we had our first workshop and you, you could tell people were really getting stuck and then and then he also said the instructor guy said don't try to be funny yeah i know we're here at a comedy thing yeah but don't don't try oh how can i make this the funniest yeah no no just be a blank slate and the barbecue is about to explode go yeah just whatever and he says try to make it blank and let it come out and it was it was really cool but it, it is hard because like oh i want to be funny or oh, i want to be witty or oh i want to you know back to books i want to win awards and be a literary yeah and money and be famous and whatnot I think play is very important. Um, yeah. uh, that's what you yeah. were doing there. Uh, if you think about play, uh, especially if you go back to you know, a puppy playing with a ball, pup, puppy is displaying yeah. a ball just for pure enjoyment. Yeah. It's not It's not trying to be a better ball player. You know, yeah. It doesn't right, say, actually, right. I'd like to be a really good ball player by the end of the week. <laughs> it doesn't care. It's just <laughs> enjoying the moment. And I think that yeah. if only fiction writers and comedians just enjoyed the moment a bit more, I think that would yeah. help. The other thing, of course, is you've got to understand yourself. You've got to know the person behind the words. In yeah. uh, Britain, I don't know how it's, whether it's caught on your country yet, but it's a really big thing called the Great British Cake Off, Bake Off, and they uh -huh. bake, bake beautiful cakes. And um, yeah. it's one of those shows where one person gets thrown out every single week. Um, yeah, but, we have something here too. Yeah, yeah. It's super popular. Yeah, same with this in this country. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, but one thing which is really interesting is obviously that they're making cakes, and so you've got to make a cake a certain way, and you obviously got to put eggs and flour in it. But they always say, all the judges always say, what is, what does this tell us about you? <laughs> it's a cake. But they mm. say, what does this tell about you? And what they're getting at is the theme. And I mm. think the theme is absolutely crucial in whatever fiction you're writing, whether you're writing a poem, whether you're writing just a blog post or whether you're writing an entire long form book if you don't know what the theme is and that theme doesn't relate to you as the individual i think yeah. you're going to be lost right from the right from the word go yeah so you so you need to know yourself so you actually have to understand yourself where do i come from what are my beliefs what are my values what do i care about now you know what you care about because it's quite yeah. clear and obviously I do, but there's lots and lots of authors and lots of people who are starting to be creative who actually don't know themselves well enough. So I think they do mm. need to sit down and have a chat with themselves, you know, and put up a list. And I think they should actually make a commit to a list of their values and their beliefs and quickly glance at that every now and again, because I think that will help them to get the theme. Because... Um, so I'm involved in fan I'm involved in fantasy writing and um, fantasy novels. So people go, oh, I'd like to write a story about fairies. I'll write a story about unicorns or dragons. That's great. Yeah. But that's not actually the theme. That's just the mechanism for the theme. You know, George Lucas didn't say, actually, I want to write about a robot called R2-D2. And Luke Skywalker, right. he talked about, I want to create something where it's about goodness versus evil and dark versus light that's the yeah, theme yeah, and the yeah. r2d2 and loose goal just mechanisms to bring about those themes similarly yeah. with um lord of the rings um, tolstoy and tolstoy tolkien tolkien um he wanted to talk about the horrors that he witnessed in the first world war he actually was on the um in the on the in the 
horrible trenches in the First World War. He understood how bad and awful it was and how wow. people can be evil against each other. So he wanted to write about that, but he didn't write about that. He wrote about, you know, small people fighting a huge and powerful mechanised enemy and how you know, sometimes they have to go deep inside themselves to get the truth. That's fascinating. I didn't know that, but it's that's beautifully put how you, you talk about the theme and then Tolkien and he had his magnificent, huge, giant battles and they're against this giant. And if you think of him in, in World War, and you, well, wow, that's actually amazing and, and brilliant. And and I see your point about needing that theme. That's that's really cool and super helpful, I think, for <laughs> fiction or I, I'm mostly right nonfiction, but 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 it's the same. You know, what's, what's the theme? Whatever yeah. you're writing, you've got to have that theme as your guiding light. That helps you not only not go off the tracks and it helps your um, readers as well because they realise that the whole thing is concentrated to a particular outcome that you want to deliver, whether yeah. it's fiction or non-fiction. But it also helps you because every single time you write a sentence, every single time you write a paragraph, you're working towards that theme all the time. So it's constantly yeah, moving you yeah, along. Yeah. You know what? What did you say we should take notes of up there in, in your in your wall? Your, your values, values, your beliefs, the things that make life worth living for you personally. I like that. That's really because you're right. If you think I'm a blank slate, and okay, I'm going to tell a story about dragons and, like you say, dragons and fairies. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So don't worry about punctuation and grammar. Right. Just go and do it. Doesn't matter how bad or good it is. Don't worry yeah. about any other critic because you're just writing number one for yourself because of those yeah. values and beliefs. And yeah. number two, you're going to be guided by those values and beliefs. Yeah. And then the theme. So I like your values. I can just I'm, I'm very visual. So I see this like post-its up on my wall or something. Yeah. My values and beliefs. But then you've got your theme. So your theme then would be for this particular book or this series of books. Is yeah. that what you mean? Like yeah. So the, theme for... so the book I wrote last year for NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, which is yeah. um, out this uh, November, yeah. so it's taken a year to edit, it's a, a castle book. Oh, wow. So you could say, oh, it's a castle book about medieval, but it's not. It's a lady who runs the castle. So it's actually about what it must be like to be a female in charge of men. So that's possibly one of the themes. The other theme that's is she, she got that job um, just by being born into it same as queen elizabeth ii so it's also yeah. about being born into a role and could you actually get rid of that role so that's the two themes but it's set in a castle and blah 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 but that's it, it, it's i love it, this is really fascinating actually because you know we we writers we sure we tell our stories and we write our words but if you don't have these underlying elements that are that are super important and what i love how you're saying it you're saying it so clearly i was just at a, at a conference this weekend and it was it wasn't a writing conference but it was so technical and some some yeah. guy would give a talk and it was so technical and it was i understood the words yeah i didn't i didn't understand what you know what are you getting at give me a give me an analogy give me a metaphor i'm not getting it yeah. And that's what I, I really like how you you just got your values and beliefs up there and post-its, got your theme over here for this book, and yeah. you can go and then refer to them. Yeah. And then and you'll never be stuck. 
Yeah, and don't worry about how, what the mechanism is to do that as long as you do yeah. it. Yeah. And it and may then, well, I, I was just about to say, it may well just end up with us, just being a sentence, or it may end up being yeah. a poem or a short essay. Mm. Don't, don't, you know, the other thing about uh, writing is that we've all been, yeah, we've all been taught this particular way, going back to what I told you earlier about the patterns and, you know, the way that ed- education has been done. They yeah. always used to give us at school when I was a kid a blank bit of paper and they say, right, write all your story of, of what happened over the summer on this blank piece of paper. Right, so you're right. already immediately being confined to a piece of paper and you're already yeah. being confined to a subject and you've even been confined to a time because they said, yeah, have this done by the end of the period. And then people go, oh, my God, I can't write, I can't write this. Of course you can't because it's much too much pressure. Take away yeah. the paper, take away the time, take away yeah. everything and just take and even take away the reason for writing it and just go back to the original thing, which is what do you believe in? Yeah. I like how you take away the paper. That's one of my one of my little tactics in my worst book ever program because I say, because people do suffer. Everybody suffers from writer's block. I, yeah. prolific writer, suffer from writer's block. And if I ever do, then I say, whoop, time to step away from the computer. Yeah. And I usually go head into the woods with my dog Good. And I either hit record on my voice recorder on my phone, yeah. or if I'm feeling a little more daring, I'll turn on the camera and, and record a video. And it's not necessarily for publication. No. I, I could even start it out. Hi, stealth Bradley. I'm stuck. I'm going to talk nonsense until some idea comes and hits me in the head like an acorn, you know? Yeah. And and there's, there's a, I guarantee you're not going to be there like this. I think Writer's you should. Block. Writer's I think, block. <laughs> yeah. I think writers have to think like a crow. A crow, if you watch a crow, it flutters around, but it's asking the whole time about things. It looks at an object and it says to the object, sing me your song. <laughs> yeah, if you look into its eyes, you see a crow and he'll hop to the next thing and he's working it out, trying to check it out. And I think that would be a nice way to actually talk about your story and think about your story, hop around like a crow, right. hop around and then ask each thing inside it, each particular <laughs> tool or nuance or object to sing back its song to you. How many people do that? Yeah. <laughs> Crows are apparently super intelligent. They are super intelligent, yeah. yeah. But they do wow. things in a different way to the puppy dog we talked about earlier, which is playing. They are right. trying, a crow is trying to work things out it's trying to say what is the point of this why is this nail here i was watching one the other day and it was just looking at a cricket ball which had been left in the field and it was like kept coming over he knew it wasn't a f- object to eat but it kept you, c- you could tell the way it was going around and around it it was saying why is a ball in a field what is the point <laughs> what is the point of this ball yeah <laughs> that's how we you should know, think it, i i really it, it's fun i i always enjoy how i i think i used to be a mathematician and uh, in a past life, I think. And I, I I think, I often think in like in waves or or, ah. or, or like, uh, like charts or something. And, yeah. like, and, and because I think, you know, certain people resonate with other certain people, right? And the way you are saying things, maybe because I was at this, this complicated weekend and now you are saying these things today that like, you have the example of be a crow, be yeah. a dog playing with a ball. Yeah. Like, I totally get that. I get what he's saying. And it makes sense. <laughs> and it's awesome. And I think that's so helpful. That the, like, even if you say you're stuck and you and you come up and Neil comes up and says, okay, be a crow. 
And that means, uh, you know, hop over here and 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 see what's going on over there. Yeah. Hop over there and or be the be the dog and just play. Just go play with the ball. And like you say, I'm not looking to be the best dog player on the block. Exactly. I'm just playing with the ball. Just playing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because we, we think that playing is about practice because going back to what we said yeah. right at the beginning, because society right. makes you think that. But it's not about yeah. practice. It's yeah. about playing. <laughs> playing is yeah. about playing. It's pure as that. But we humans, you know, we're sometimes we think we're so intelligent, but the dog's got it going on. Yeah. And dog. Dog's Ask me who's happier, the dog or the owner, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> got a ball. Absolutely. Got, got, got some woods looking for maybe a field mouse. Dog is thrilled out of his mind. I don't think we should um, ignore the ant either because think like an ant as well, because the ant can't construct anything without friends, without help. Mm. The ant can't think on his own. He has to be with a whole group or she has to be with a whole group of other ants. And this is where your networking skills and just becoming part of a little bit of a group or society whether it's a writer's group it doesn't have to be real right. it could be online but you've got to have other people helping you to put up this construction and i think that's another thing that we we're bad at as writers we tend to think it's all about being lonely you know your picture your picture living in the on the moors you know yeah, <laughs> in the cottage yeah. on the moors on your own but it's not <laughs> anymore you know and if you look at the most successful writers Charles Dickens and William Shakespeare, obviously Leo Tolstoy and people like that, they had a huge amount of people around them. They were right. always in a big group of people, and that's what you need. Wow. You need that help. Think like an ant as well, yeah. I would suggest. <laughs> do, do you have, like, a farm program or something? <laughs> I, mean, I, just like, got... I just think it's a bit it's easier great. to understand these things. It yeah, is. Because, because it's fantastic. Mind-stretching. It's better just to think of it like that. And yeah, always picture an ant make yeah you know, putting up these huge how do they do that yeah you know, massive things yeah but they're not one is it it's load of them together yeah <laughs> I love it I, you know I I am more like you have to hold me back to not write new books that I have like an idea for every day yeah me too and so I'm I'm thinking like oh the whole writer as farm animal book or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chapter on the dog on the yeah. crow on the ant. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I, we need to stop because my mind, I'm going to go write books and I need to stop. I need to go out yeah. in the woods and say, no, no farm animal books. Yeah. By the way, that's Neil's idea. Yeah. So um, I just want to thank you for being here. This has been, uh, it's been a great fun. Wow, creativity and habits and farm animals and <laughs> and ideas for getting unstuck and and tricks and tactics and and analogies and wow, you're just you just got ideas coming left and right and, and fiction and fantasy and it's just it's just it's been a pleasure. It's been brilliant. It's been good fun to actually bounce off some ideas. Thank you. For yeah, that. yeah. My my pleasure. I hope I think our audience is really gonna enjoy this. So cool. Thank you so much for for being here. Thank you, Bradley. And um, look forward to chatting again soon. That'd be great. Thank you. Great. Bye, Bye for now.